Pittsburgh. Sorry, we're a few minutes late. We uh, did our very first ever no restrictions live taping podcast last night at P Town Bar, and it was really fun. And we were 20 minutes behind because of that. So sorry about that. Um, right off the bat, it is our actual birthday. We were one year old today on July 11th of last year. Our very first issue, which was arguably not our best looking issue came out we made a lot of improvements since then um but yeah so thank you guys i mean i can't believe it's been a year i don't know what i thought when we started it but um i could not believe that this is where we'd be in a year so thank all of you for your support um and happy birthday to us speaking of birthdays i hope you come out to our best year ever party tomorrow night at the flashlight factory we are an official deutschtown music fest venue deutschtown what's up all weekend long uh we have uh, Identity X, we've got Victoria Fire, we've got Momona Dawn, and we've got this beautiful woman on our cover right now, Sierra Sellers, will also be playing. The party will be hosted by our guest today, the incredibly iconic Mr. Jim Cran. We'll get to him in one second if he doesn't fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have uh, Michelle James, adult film star Michelle James is going to be there, um, and we're actually going to be making a very special announcement with her. Um, so make sure, and we're also going to have Twisted View, who's going to be doing some bondage demos with, so if you've ever wondered, how do I tie up my partner? I got you covered, yo. You come to my party. Um, it's going to be free food, free drinks. We're going to be auctioning off items. We've got uh, a weekend and dinner at District Hotel. We've got uh, a signed personalized Rob Rogers print. Um, We've got Jim Cran will give you a personal hug. <laughs> oh, we have a professional cuddler coming. <laughs> do you need a, do you need a hug? <laughs> if Jim doesn't get to you, our professional cuddler comes to Well, it's a real thing. She's certified. So make sure you come out to our party. And now, without any further ado, and also because I need a sip of coffee, I'm going to introduce our guest, Mr. Jim Cran. Thanks, Bethany. I, I will be a hugger also. Will you hug people as well? I'm going to be a cuddler. Yeah. You, you, I want it's to be a, a real prof- thing. I know. I like how you said certified she is i'm gonna ask her how i can get certified what school do i have to go to you have to go to oregon and yeah and she where? just got certified in group cuddling where do i have to go oregon really? oregon oregon yeah, oregon oregon, oregon. I, was, I did stand up in portland yeah. a few months ago i should have looked that up you should have looked it up in portland. So i could imagine it being in portland but uh yeah i think i could do that that'd be a great job yeah like, well I mean, most of the time. But I mean, you could pick and choose your clients, I would imagine. Oh, I mean, okay. you're not thought, obligated you know, to cuddle just any old person. Well, I think if you're a pro, <laughs> you, just, you, like, you bite your lip and you cuddle. I mean, because there's got to be people like professional, the professional massage therapists, they've got to have days where they're like, you oh, don't want Jesus to do that Christ. One. Yes. No, not this one. There's like, somebody with, you just don't want to do. You just don't want to do it. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm a cuddler, I'm going to be a professional cuddler. <laughs> just anybody i don't care well, no you, well, i commit you'll be with one tomorrow night you can talk to her about it oh i can't wait <laughs> you guys can start at Crenn cuddles i Crenn love it. cuddles it'll be all the malls <laughs> all the malls uh-huh. you have a kiosk i wanted in well yes i was thinking maybe near brookstone or you know like that. <laughs> you can walk walk by a cuddle you and we could cuddle in brookstone on the day. <laughs> you could cuddle in brookstone do you ever go you ever go to brookstone and they have that <clears> special <throat> space bed thing 
I literally go in there and nap. Just, to, just lay down. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was um, I was a sharper image gal myself. Oh, I love sharper <laughs> yeah. image too. So I, I nap to, there too a couple times. Yeah, I go to Claire's. I buy my toxic uh, lead lead infused earrings. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, they they, they should really. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice toxic earrings. Toxic earrings. That's why there's, there's toxic, a whole generation. Speaking yes. of toxic, I, I will tell you right now, I am the reason we're late. I sorry. I'm sorry. Don't I, be sorry. I was. Uh, we were Ill. giving Jim. <laughs> listen, full disclosure. Nobody that knows me will be shocked by this. We were giving Jim shots of fireball last yes. night. <laughs> And I have not drank in a while. It's not like I. It's not like I had a, a you know, lost my AA chip or anything. I just haven't drank that hard in a while. So yeah, it's like you no know, three years clean. And Bethany, Bethany <laughs> did it, ruined it. But uh, no, I, I was, uh, you know, I drank hard. Let's mm. say in a while. Drank well, you'd still work with you. What else are you going to do? Was that, brought back so, memories. <clears throat> so we, we, yeah, we taped live at P-Town Bar on Bomb Boulevard. Jim's No Restrictions podcast with special guest Phil Bork, which was. Just amazing. He, that was so much fun, right? Yeah. He's you great. guys got to tune in Monday at noon to watch this mm-hmm. episode because Phil has some stories. And, <laughs> and the Would You Rather questions with Sirene and Phil. Yes. Pretty intense. Pretty Yes. Fun. We did, yeah, they did a Would Very You Rather fun. segment. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, you should great check time. out Jim's podcast no matter but, what. But we were drinking hard, man. It was great. Mm-hmm. And I Ubered, so you know, no driving yep. going on. So yep. Uber all the way. Or left Uber. I just Uber, don't know why I like these fireball things. and. I, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I do either. By the way, them. if Fireball wants to sponsor us. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, <clears throat> you know, people are buying at the bar. Let's do shots. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Why? Well, everybody was so excited to see you, and everybody was in a very festive mood, and the show went great. I mean, how did it feel it was great. to take in front time. of a live audience like it that? Was one, oh, I love it. I love mean, the it. energy had to, like, infuse Nothing better you. than live, yeah. yeah. Being a stand-up, that background, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> Sarah he's a performer also live, so. Yeah, I was. We She's also talking. late for work, by the way. Well, we're all. Everyone's gonna be running a little. <laughs> I bit was late. on time. I was here on time. I don't know how I got here. This I, I just got, in, got out of the shower and jumped in. We get here. <laughs> I woke up and Larry, my Chihuahua, my five pound Chihuahua. I woke up with Larry on my chest, staring at me like Hannibal Lecter or something. <laughs> Hello, Clarice. You grew up on a farm, didn't use this weird stare. Where's my food? I don't care if you're doing fireballs. Where's my food? Like, you really scared me. So I got him his food and, and got here. Yeah, that's okay. Well, good. You, Everything's we, good me, to... me and Mike were catching up. Mike, so we're here at Sorgatron Media where we do our Pittsburgh Current Podcast. And well, we do some from our studio, but we love coming down here with Mike. If I you're got... ever in the uh, market for a podcast, check out Sorgatron Media. I am going to come here, Mike, if it's okay, just to <laughs> sit in this couch. Sofa. <laughs> If Jim nods off during I, this podcast, we're tapping Mike, I am like swallowed I up. That's in this why thing. I have to sit here. If I I'm sit like, over there, I get too cozy. I may not be able to get out of this sofa <laughs> at all. I may have to be stuck here for days. Jim Crane has just moved to beach you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm about to call somebody to get me out of here. So, so how, how, are you, how did you become friends with Phil? Because Phil Bork, the old two-liner, uh, who is amazingly funny, by the way, and amazingly nice. How, how did you guys become friends? Well, I'll tell you. Phil Bork uh, and Merle Hodge were probably the two nicest, like, athlete people, whatever. So, athlete, athlete, celebrity. A lot, a lot, a lot of, I know a lot of athletes, and they're all, they're all very nice. I've become friends with a lot of guys through, uh, you know, through DVE, right. working on a morning show, and we'd have them on as guests, you know, regular guests during, you know, for pan, regular Penguin right. or regular, you know, Steeler and all that and Pirate, and, and all the guys were just fantastic. But, you know, some about Phil and uh, and Merle, but Phil, Phil and I just really, uh, uh, really bonded as friends. Mm-hmm. And he's just the most down to earth human being, as you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, honestly, I was, and he's still a good looking dude too. All he is the man. He is the man. He is the man. Trust me. <laughs> 
Trust me, we all wait. We just we just want to get his overflow. He's the man. He's the man. he. It, he's, he was incredibly as, nice. Funny but, as hell too. So, so you guys, did you guys like hang out? We did. We used to hang out all yeah. the time. We partied yeah. all the time. Oh yeah, and uh, we closed down a few bars and he, he did not do any shots of fireball with us. No, he was calm. He yeah. was a little calmer. He did have his beers though. He had, what was your buddy? Composure. What was your buddy's name? Oh, Harry. Harry, Harry was feeding the beer. It was Bork, great. Bork, Bork would just like his beer would be out from stage. He'd be like. And boom, Harry was up there with the beer, man. Was, Everybody needs a Harry in there. Ev- Harry's the greatest, by the way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, scare me. I want to remind people too, watch it. If you've got a question for Jim mm-hmm. or for me or like fireball shot recommendation, <laughs> just drop it in the Facebook Or you a hangover cure. Yeah, hangover cure. I'm just drinking coffee like it's my job. You were like, I'm running late. I'm like, yes, I can stop drinking coffee. <laughs> Ooh, I'm feeling good though. Good. I'm feeling better. All right. So let's, I want to talk about young Jim Crumb. Let's, <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> Right, you, little boy, little boy, little little, boy little tiny Jim baby Jim. Little boy. When did you know? I mean, I know you obviously were a DJ for years and years, but right. at your core, you're a mm-hmm. comedian. I mean, mm-hmm. even when you were doing that, it was comedy. It's all about comedy. It's yeah. all about comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my entire life is a comedy. Yeah. When did you realize like that that was your calling? Well, senior year in high school, I was uh, our talent show for the school was at the beginning of the year. So it was like in, say it was September or whatever. Day. And I was very quiet throughout my entire high school life. Uh, my sports were even individual, kind of, I boxed. Uh, so I was very quiet. I had a few friends. That was it. And my, my friends, uh, John Jordan and uh, uh, Jim Hickey, we would sit in, a, in the lunchroom, like, you know, for before class started in the morning mm-hmm. and I would do impressions of the football coaches and I would do impressions of teachers and they would cry laughing. And I did a few celebrity people too. I'm like 16 or 17, wherever you are going into your senior year. But, uh, and they're, they're laughing hysterically all the time. I did it for a couple of years, you know, through, through my high school days. And I, I, I go in, uh, you know, beginning of senior year and they go, uh, Hey, uh, you're in a, you're in the talent show next week. And I go, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to get in front of people. And they said, no, 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 you're in a talent show because you're going to do your impressions and stuff and just get up there. I said, no, it was like, no, talent shows, typical talent shows, like 20 kids. And there's always the kid who's the opera singer, right? So always a pianist, you know, there's always the mime or whatever. There's always great talent. And they did have great talent. And I, I was last, I was like 20th or something, whatever. I didn't want to do it. I thought I got to do this. I guess these, they said they'd be mad at me. And I only had a few friends. I don't want to lose my few friends. A couple you don't friends. want Hickey being pissed. No, no. But I thank them till this day. So I went to the uh, lunchroom where the football coaches hung out, the teacher slash football coaches. I did the impression for them because it was going to be harsh. It was going to be edgy. And uh, they okayed it. They, started, they laughed and they said, you could do that. I said, okay. And uh, one of the coaches was uh, the late, uh, uh, wonderful guy, one of my favorite teachers that he ended up being, uh, Ray Delilah. And anybody who went to North Catholic knows who I'm talking about. Uh, he was just a nice guy. He was a great teacher, disciplinary, and he looked like a Marine. Picture that crew cut thing, and he was like five foot two and five foot two wide kind of guy. And he liked to uh, yell. And this was, a, this was the days where, you know, you could – Smack a kid, it was okay. <laughs> you still get the smack, yeah. yes. And he would teach, and so I did this bit about how 
he would always call me up, and other kids too, but I was usually the one. And a lot of kids knew it. I wasn't the best student. And I'd get like my bad grade in history and some exam. And in the way his, his office was, he, he had a window overlooking a convenience store that was called Sloopy's <laughs> on Troy Hill. And it's where people hung out, you know, just weird kind of characters were all hanging out in front of the store, getting high or whatever they were doing. And I would get my exam back and, and Mr. Delilah would do staring at the window quietly as everyone looking at their exam. You'd hear him. So he talk. Now remember, I picture five foot two, five foot two wide, solid muscle, crew cut, gap in his teeth. So when he talked, he spit. The spit comes spewing out, and he sounded exactly like this. And uh, he was staring out, like pondering, almost like meditation. And, he, and I knew he was in trouble when he go, "Hey, Cred, come up here right now." Like that. I'm like, oh god. That's going to be trouble. And I come up real sheepish and I'm all afraid. And yes, Mr. Delilah. It's okay. I want you to look outside. Look at the street corner over there. You see Sloopies? Yes. You see that guy in the corner with the T-shirt on and the cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve and a Colt 45 in his hand? You see that guy? He's a loser. That's you in 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. That's you, Chris. If you don't get it together. And I'll be like... <laughs> So sorry. Because it was that inspired you. Yeah, it scared me. But <laughs> I want to be. Its- I did that bit and a few others. We had, you know, this guy who's great as Southern. Uh, I came from South Carolina. He's a health teacher, and he just talked about VD every time, every class. And so that one time, VD is a nasty animal. Nobody wants VD. We we're we never had sex yet. We're what? What's VD? We're trying to get VD, pal. You don't want VD ugly, Mister Green. So I so we do uh, I did that did a few impressions anyway I get I'm doing it was uh, a Napoleon Dynamite moment it really was I'm walking off my head I did my ten minutes I'm walking off my head's down the MC grabs and said you got to come out I go oh, they're standing for you so I went out and there's like you know eighteen hundred people yeah. in the auditorium and uh, it got like a five minute standing ovation and that was unbelievable the euphoria. I had never felt anything like the euphoria of that audience. And I was like, what is this? And I thought, man, that's amazing. And it lasts about 48 hours, as every performer <laughs> knows, or whatever you want it again. So at that moment, I knew I may have something. And then I went out, and there was something called the gong show on back then. It's a long I remember days. the gong show. The gong show. Okay, so the gong you little, show. You young ones, Google it. It was the star search or the... American Idol or America's, the Got, America's Talent Got Talent of our day of the time, and it had included yeah. an actual gong. Yeah, those shows just, you just don't see a lot of gongs anymore. Yeah, they reemerged those shows basically. <laughs> they'll, same, they'll do same a reboot show. of it eventually. They, it's it's not a stupid show, but <laughs> what was happening? So popular bars around Pittsburgh were doing gong shows, talent shows. Some underage, and me and my buddy uh, Kenny, Robert Ludensky, and uh, you know Mikey and Richie and all Dave, all of us guys. We're underage, but for some reason they find out they let, if, if because I signed up, they let us in the bar and they would serve us. We're like, I can't believe this. So, so I go in the, and I went to the I think the Blarney Stone in Etner or somewhere else. Oh, R.I.P. Blarney I Stone. Victim of strip. I did a bunch. Yeah, that's cool. But I did. Uh, but anyway, I, we would go and every week I would do a talent show, and if you won, you got you know usually food and drink. You got like a hundred dollars of food, wherever restaurant and drinks. So we drink and eat, and and I won 
No, I'm, not, I'm on 17 in a row. Oh, wow. And Kenny Oldensky counted them. That's why I remember that number. Because <laughs> he would count them as I was doing. So I won 17 in a row. So I thought, all right, I won 17 talent shows in a row with this thing. And then I started winning other talent shows at community college and at IUP and started emceeing IUP. And I just I thought, I wish I could do this for a living. I still didn't know how. I had no idea. You didn't even realize that was an option. No. What were you going to do before before comedy's well, loving grip got a hold of you? Well, I grew up in the Strip District on 12th Street, right across from the Greyhound bus station, Caddy Corner. And my goal was to be the manager of the cafeteria <laughs> in the Greyhound bus station. So dream was, big, Jim. I was okay. trying. So I, yeah, I overshot my dreams. So I yeah. never could <laughs> complain. But uh, yeah, I, I had a Bachelor of Science in Business in the, at IUP, so I guess I... I don't know how I would do in a corporate. I'd be the worst. worst I'm the worst business manager. guy. Any corporation, I don't know who would hire me. But uh, so I thought, well, I guess I'll go into business like everyone else. I had a bachelor's degree in business, and it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, you know, I thought oh, that could be money. I'm sure, and all like, that. I've sure. won 17 goddamn talent shows. I'm yeah, not. in the secure and all that. And I, I just thought, can't do it. I said, I just can't do it. I got to try this somehow. But I didn't know how. So then, how? So how did you? I mean, was DV your first no. D- your first DJ gig? Oh no, I mean, yeah, first DJ gig. Yeah, yeah. And this is about six years before DV, seven years. Yeah. What happened was, uh, I graduated from college and I was lucky. The comedy club boom just starts. Comedy clubs in every city, major clubs. You're working Wednesday through Sunday. Mm-hmm. Now there's one club. There knows there's like three and four clubs because they were making money hand over fist. These clubs, you know, cable TV was not as big. Comedians weren't on cable. You may have Robin Williams or someone on HBO back then. Mm-hmm. Or Billy Crystal or someone, whoever it was hot then. But it wasn't like now. So the only place you could see a comedian that you see now, like you watch Jim Jeffries or someone on Netflix, yeah. the only place in those days you could see, you know, Bill Maher, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Leno, or whoever was to go to a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And they paid well. The deal was, and it's still about the same today, the MC made... Probably about two hundred plus expenses. Middle acts make about eight fifty plus expenses. Headliner make about two grand plus expenses. So obviously you're trying to get the headline. Yeah. So I couldn't believe it. So I went and auditioned at the Pittsburgh Comedy Club. It was like forty people auditioning. I don't know. I had a hot set, I guess, because they said you got it. So Dennis Miller, uh, Keystone Oaks grad, Keystone Oaks grad <laughs> was the house MC there, and he uh, they, he was going he was going on the road at the time more going you know getting in new york and so he he they needed two weeks for an mc he was the house mc to take his gig for two weeks a month and uh so the guy I remember the guy was leaving the place and he said hey you got it i'm like oh okay thank you so he hired me and uh and that took off from there i i started there that's how i was able to make a living i, I got through the first year as an mc you know i was like i could do, if i could be an mc the rest of my life i'm good <laughs> And uh, fortunately, about took about three years I was headlining because I remember that I didn't even think about it. I remember sitting in an airplane and was flying to Fort Myers. I remember there was a oh, club. I'm like, I love Fort I'm Myers. Like, yeah, I remember, there. and I said, "Wow!" I said, "It's really interesting." I went. I was driving three years ago to these little bars and clubs, <laughs> and now I'm flying. You know, so it's pretty cool. And uh, and that was that. And I was ready to go. And then I was start working out of Dangerfields in New York, and I was ready to move to LA. And I, before I moved to LA, I come back home because I was living here on and off because 
the Donald's on the road so much uh-huh. uh, that I wasn't home a lot. So I said I got to come home for a few months because L.A. is a you know not the same as New York. It's gonna be harder to get back. My grandmother and great grandmother were alive at the time, and you know so and family, a lot of family and friends here, obviously. So I come back. And I'm here for a few months, and I do graffiti club in Oakland. And uh, I was fortunate. I was able to have some, for some reason, I had a draw, was building a draw here over those years. Just the word of mouth draw or whatever. And uh, so I sold out graffiti, and they, they, they said, it's sold out, but you have to go on WDVA uh, to promote the show. It's just part of a deal we have. So it sold out. I said, just, right, you still got to go on. <laughs> So all right, <laughs> I'm just all tickets. So I gotta get up early. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking I don't get up early. <laughs> Were you doing shots of fireball the night before? Oh yeah, probably. I'm sure I was <laughs> back then. And uh, so I don't know anything about radio. I have no idea what the game is. I have no idea what market size we are or any of that stuff. And but at the time, what happened was Jimmy and Steve were the morning show a few years earlier. They had left on a contract dispute. When they left, DD fell to 17th in the market out of 20 stations. Oh, wow. And they were, I didn't know this. Uh-huh. I had no idea. So they were going to get flipped. They were bought by Hanna-Barbera. Flip means whatever hot, whatever's hot, they're going to become. Yeah. New station of some sort, whatever. The company was just biding time, getting, getting their ducks in order. You know, within six, seven months, it was going. As I found out later. So what happened was, I go in there in uh, November, whatever it was, October, November of uh, 1987, because 88 was when I was going to move. I remember. So I go in and I do impressions in characters. And so I do, did them. I'm leaving. And I remember leaving, going in the car, and, and the program director stops me in the, down in the parking lot and I say, Hey, come on again, back on. I said, Okay. Next week. <laughs> I liked it. I liked it. Because remember, I'm doing stand-up, doing, I'm working five nights a week doing stand-up, uh-huh. two shows Friday, two or three on Saturday. So I'm doing a lot of stand-up. Uh-huh. And it's, stand-up's a lot different, man. It's intense. It's really intense. And and when you're getting paid like that, you have to really, you can't, you can't do bad. You have to do good. You won't get, you'll get fired. So uh, this was just different. It was easy. Like, it's like this. It's conversation. It's yeah. like, I was like, wow, this is. You know, pat yourself on the back when you're done. That was funny. <laughs> you know, the audience lets you know instantly you don't stand up. So I said, all right, I'll come back. So I did it again. Now, being 17th in the market, no one, no one cares. And, and there's, you know, there's not a lot of ad time. So you get long stretches of talk. It's almost like a podcast. <laughs> Just like a podcast. You could say anything but the F word back then, too. The FCC was loose. And, and I thought, this is intriguing to me. And uh, I go on, and uh, in about two months or whatever it was, whenever it was time to go to L.A., I said, I'm ready to go. I was in a meeting, and I said, uh, I'm leaving. There's no way I'll, I could stay. And they said, no, please, you know, when you stay, I said, no, nope, can't. I'm sorry. I don't want to do it. And they gave me this crazy amount of money. And I just go, okay, I'll stay for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> this is home. <laughs> you know? I didn't sign a lease in L.A. yet. Yeah, yeah. Always go to LA. It'll still be there. I get a lot nicer place. We go. I said, sure, I'll try it. So I thought I'd do it for maybe a year. Yeah, how'd that work out? Yep. And uh, so the ratings went. First three months went from seventeen to like eighth, jumped, and then in about a year, it was number one 
dominating throughout the, you know, every ratings book. Uh, just crazy numbers. But uh, and then never looked back. Never lost. Fortunately, I was lucky. Part of some great shows, but I never lost the ratings book in the morning for twenty five years. Yeah, yeah. So it was February eighty eight. I signed and like was officially released February uh, two thousand twelve. But off the air by in the year in eleven. But officially, so twenty four, twenty five years, close to twenty five years. Do you enjoy sleeping in now? <laughs> no. <laughs> I got you know it's funny you get used to doing the show, and you don't do it for money, you know. I was fortunate to make a lot of money, but uh, you don't. You do. The, you love to perform. Yeah. And there's something about the adrenaline of doing it. You didn't care. My body was beat, especially at the end, because the type of show we did was a, I wanted to do Saturday Night Live on the radio, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's what they let me do. Characters, slug lines. So I came with Ben Clinks, the Mall Guard, Ralph yeah. the Cat, Stanley Pikachowski, Seal, Otis. Uh, you know, then I did certain people like Sophie or different, you know, celebrities and stuff, made regular characters, uh, pants and hat skits. But I wrote a lot of that. And so the grind was the right constant. So there's a lot of expectation, you know. And um, so it wore, it wears on you after, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say wear. I was able to do it, but I think it was like getting like Groundhog Day in a way, too, for me. And you've done it 25 years. And so I do enjoy. It's not so much as sleeping in. I think it gave me new life to do new things like podcasting, yeah. stand up, yinzer cards, acting. It just gave me a new life to, to express things in different, in different ways. You know, I, I met, missed the audience. I missed yeah. the audience. So do you find, um, I mean, obviously <clears throat> people of course my age know you. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how, how do you find like people that maybe weren't really aware of you when you were on DVE? I mean, are they still, do they still know who Jim Crenn is? How, how, are, yeah. you, how are you dealing with that? Well, I've only been demo? off the air about seven years now. And, you know, it was always in the top three, 18 to 34. So it's a, there are a lot of younger listeners still, you know, maybe in their 20s now or later 20s. Um, there are younger, yeah, there's a younger audience out there that, that I, I love to uh, tap into and perform for. Yeah, it's a, everybody wants that challenge of, uh, you know, getting, uh, performing for, people that don't know you which which i do get that when i go to los angeles or uh, when i work out of the city so it's it's that's a lot of fun you said, so are you still traveling then i mean because I I, yeah, you're still I, doing a ton of stand-up so you've got your podcast I travel, obviously. Yeah, i travel to la every few months or so and and uh i do some clubs comedy clubs here and there I did mm-hmm. portland maybe a few months ago I do comedy festivals i uh, did uh, one in san luis obispo about seven eight months ago but so i do love performing outside the city also uh it's not much different. People think, people think, oh, it's different. It's, it really isn't. Now, the Pittsburgh humor that I do is maybe in an hour, one hour show, it may be eight minutes right. of the hour, 10. And it stands out a little bit, that's all. But but it really isn't that, that difficult to maneuver jokes to become outside the market. Yeah, every single market is something you can make fun of, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's funny. In LA, I, I, my buddy Mark Eddy. Mark work Eddy. With, I remember him. He's brilliant. Uh, brilliant. And uh so we'll work together a lot when I go out there. And I'll go out there for a couple of weeks and we'll do clubs together. And if it's a smaller room, uh, at the end of the show, Mark will have me go up and do Stanley Pikachowski and for the LA audience. <laughs> You've got to have people, your diehards, that are like, oh, do you do what's, – what's the impression or the character that you get asked to do the most when you're out and about? Uh, Ralph the cat. Oh, yeah, I was going to say the Ralph. The cat Ralph. <laughs> you want to burn one, man. Yeah, he, he was based off my uh, – Roommate in college, <laughs> Bullwinkle. 
Bullwinkle is always high, man. I, it's unbelievable. I mean, I was his roommate. He had so much weed. I didn't know. I didn't. To be honest, I used to joke and, and had an image of like I was a partier. I was really never a big partier, and I rarely got high or anything. But I got to tell you, if, it, if I got arrested back then at IUP, I'd be getting out of jail just now. He <laughs> had that much weed all the But uh, it's crazy. But anyway, I, so he was the character. He had this voice, you know, the real like skittish guy, you know, man, he's paranoid and just always high, you know. So I'd do the character all the time, and it, just for friends and. I bring it on stage sometime with no name, just did the character. I didn't know what to do with it. And then I uh, adopt Ralph the cat, an animal What friend. made you go with cat? Well, I get Ralph. I'm, I'm at Animal Friends. Yes. I, yeah. I and I see supporter. this cat, Ralph. And I go, who's that? And he's got, he's a half tabby, half Angora. His hair's sticking up everywhere. <laughs> his eyes are round. And this one, Animal Friends was in the strip district. It was a small place. And uh, I go, what's his deal? He's a lifer. The animal friends and they kill He's adopting this cat. Oh, no, he got sent back four times. <laughs> I go, four times? Go, yeah, he's a lifer. Ralph's a lifer. I said, ah, I think I could take him. I said, I'm kind of weird. He's kind of weird. We fit in together. And, uh, so I took Ralph, and, and as I'm leaving, they gave me, I never had a cat, and they gave me this bag of catnip. And it looks like weed. You got to see it. It was a huge bag of cat. I didn't know what it was. I, I'm not kidding. I remember Judy. Like, the, these cats come with weed. Yes. <laughs> you can me. Judy's like. You, you'd have a lot more cats adopted. I tell you that. And that's well, I thought that was like, yeah, I thought there was some code. Was getting, here's your cat. Here's your cat. Here's your cat. And I went, wow. That's an interesting policy. And animal friends. You get, you get a bag of weed if you, you adopt a dog. You see what them. you get if you adopt a dog. I know. I'm like, what is that? Here's a brick of cocaine. Enjoy your pet. And I, yeah, they're like, yeah, exactly. It's like Scarface. You duck the dog. And I said, and he said, well, you get catnip. And Ralph loves catnip. I took it. I said, what do you mean? I said, oh, he loves it. He has to have it. He has to have it? He's tweaking out. That's he why has like to that. have it. And he did. I, I give him his little sock and he go nuts and put catnip in it. He lived for catnip. We had a three-story house. I, I could see Ralph in the third story last. If I was downstairs and open Tupperware in the fridge with it, man, he'd be straight there. Man. Nip. God, I know you got more of that. <laughs> Hand me the catnip now. So that that's obviously that's look. the genesis of the character. Yeah, that was yeah. So I so yeah, he would get high and with that catnip, he had a glaze. He had a glaze to him, man. Like you know, like it here, man. Like you know, <laughs> that's my thought. Was as soon as I looked at him, I said, "That's you. You're that." I was looking for a vent for the voice. I go, that's you, Ralph. You're that voice. You're that character. So I went into the studio the next day and said, I'm going to call in as my cat. And like everything else, they say, you're out of your mind. What? We can't do that. So let's try it. And sure enough, you just caught, I caught him pretty quick. So have you, have you ever had any clunkers? Like just characters that just missed the mark? Many. Like, yeah, many. Yeah. I don't remember those. I forget them, but I did have Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. I remember I... Yeah, I remember I used to have sneak characters on. So we told meetings not to do Ben Clinks, the Mulgar, and a few times and different. You know, when they first started, because you know, any, you know, until it is uh, established, mm-hmm. the people around you don't understand what you're doing. Is going, they're going to be nervous. Yeah, uh, you know, this could mess up what you have because the ratings are great. <laughs> you know, you're going to mess it up. <laughs> with these. We don't want to be seventeenth again, Jim. Yeah, we don't want this. Ca- yeah, character. We're going to lose Jim ratings. Mulgars, Jim. They all got to be this. Ca- you know, so that you know, so I would just sneak them on until all of a sudden 
uh, we were fortunate. Like that's what was so cool about doing Pete Town uh, Tavern with our podcast was that we started doing live mm-hmm. because of my stand up background. Obviously, back then in the skits we did like you know Saturday Night Live type skits. It worked live, and that was able mm-hmm. to ease everybody's mind because then I would do maybe a newer character. You'd get the reaction from the people of laughter, and they would see that, and they go, oh, "Okay." Well, yeah, work. I, I, I guess, guess it would okay. be hard if you're, you know, if you are on radio, right? You're just in the studio. You can't see people's reactions real time, right? So no. you've got to wait to gauge how well you did. And I mean, when you're around live, me are, even if it's funny in my head, they're around me. They're guessing. Oh yeah, uh, I think things are funny in my head all the time. Like Seal, uh, Seal's a seventy-two-year-old lady at a laundromat in Squirrel Hill. She took the longest to catch on to me. <laughs> people just love. Then all of a sudden, she just called, <laughs> "Honey." Is she one of your favorites? Seals. Seal is one of my favorites. I just pictured a cigarette and a little hair net. You know, it's reminded my aunt, like of my aunts. You know, that's a Pittsburgh aunt. Oh, yeah. That's you know, Seal. We all have an aunt. We all have one of those. We all have an aunt Seal. Everybody got an aunt Seal, man. Hello, honey. How are you? Get out of here. I'll give you a big kiss on the head. Thanks, well, so, Seal. So what, what are you really, I mean, what are you going to focus on now for... Because you're not done. You're busy as hell. I know this. You know, what, what, what are you really trying to, to get... You know, what's your five-year plan? What's your Jim Cran five-year plan for success and world domination? Well, it, yeah. Yeah, she's going to take over the world like Dr. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, well, you know, it's one of those things as a performer, every performer does this. They uh, sit there and say, all right, now what I want to do. And, and uh, I felt, you know, going back to where I, when I started and when I, whether I started on DDE or whatever, there was a lot of fear and, and a fear of the unknown, fear of trying new things, fear of being criticized. And then you have to say, you know, screw it. And, and I remember that. And I, and that's what I do reinventing myself and been reinventing myself, you know, a couple different ways. uh, You got a tattoo several years. Yeah. I got tattoo and can't be afraid to change. And, you know, that's what I'm excited to be with, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh current. Uh, Congratulations on the one year. Thank you. Cool. One I'm excited to party tomorrow night. I will not give you a fireball unless you ask. I think I'll need them. I'll be ready. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'll be good. Twenty four yeah, hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. You'll Gatorade, recover. I mean. You'll recover by then. Oh, crackers and Gatorade. I will be a hundred percent. Oh, you're looking for fireballs and stuff. Oh yeah. And I, th- I think Sarani finally made it into the office. So, <laughs> Sarani's Jim's co-host and congratulations. Um, our, our marketing and admin coordinator. And who, yes. Who she, she was very rudely making fun of your teeth last she night. She makes fun of me all the time. You've got wonderful She's very teeth, mean. Jim. Don't you let her get She's you down. She's a very mean person. She is a very Don't mean person. Let her fool you. Do you want me to fire She's her? She's got this whole front. No, 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 no. I, need, I love her. I need her kidding. meanness. I need her meanness to get me, you know, keep no. me focused. But no, your, your no, teeth are great. I hope she didn't make you feel. Sweetie. But uh, yeah, no, she just likes to agitate me. That's okay. That's That's, you guys have great chemistry on the yeah, show. Yeah, she's, so she's it, a great it person. Friends, you know, for a while here in so she has a good, very talented. I saw her uh, on the, she had a show called The Party Show. Yes. Uh, years ago, a few years back. And uh, that's when I met her in uh I saw that and I was like, wow, I saw what she was doing. It's really difficult to, to do, to host a live show. And it's not that it was what she was doing. It was her style. Uh, it, believe it or not, it reminded me of a little bit of a female Carson in a weird way. I liked uh-huh. how she was likable, had the wit, had a little edge, but yet was still mainstream enough. She had a little combination, edge uh-huh. and mainstream. So I remembered that. And that's why with the reinvention of this you know, podcast and lucky it, it, she can get do the show with me. So yeah. I think she's 
it, it was great last night. You guys, like you said, you got great chemistry. It was a really good juxtaposition because she definitely is a little. She brings a different perspective, yes. right? I mean, yes. you can be a lot of things. You yeah. cannot be a woman. It's no. nice to have that no. little yin and yang there. So. impression we can't. I need, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I like that in the Reinventionist podcast. I do. It's one of the things I do like is uh, having the, the female perspective of things. Yeah. You know? It's definitely a lot more fun. Well, I'm telling people, you've got to tune in Monday at noon to see the episode that was that was taped <laughs> last night. And I mean, we're gonna do, we're we're taking it on the road. I mean, we'll take it on well, the road again, right? I mean, it was it. fun Hopefully to do that once a month. I think we should yeah, do that, and once a month so. do the fireballs and yeah, and once a month once a month I'll be hungover. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. We won't schedule a 10 o'clock podcast for the next day. <laughs> I cannot believe I made it. I'm not kidding. I was literally on the floor. I couldn't find my phone. I was on the bathroom floor. <laughs> like, you know. Casey, my boyfriend, busted an eye vessel. My God. Who was, do we think we are? Like, I'm in my 40s. Like, I, was, I can't do that anymore. I, I look like. Tony Montana and Scarface at the end of the movie. Oh, go ahead, Frank. You're, you're no good. They want to come with me, mess with me. Like that bad. Was your dog like looking at you just oh, with Larry. shame, just like shaking his head like, the fuck? Larry dude. just looks me wide eyed. Larry was like, so what disappointed. What is wrong with this man? Come on, get it together. Yeah, if Larry could talk, he'd be like, get it together. Come on. Oh, my God. It was worth it, though. You know what? A little, <laughs> little bit of a hangover today was worth the fun that we had last night. And P-Town, it was a fantastic bar to that. I, yeah. So it used to be Very Anthony's, welcoming. the strip club. Where oh, I, I used to work there, not as a stripper. I was a cocktail waitress. We were talking about <laughs> And I made night. the pizzas. They're famous pizzas. Okay. Nobody's going to believe this. But this is true. It was a strip joint. Yes. Mm-hmm. I used to go to Anthony's. Me and uh, my buddy, Tommy, we'd go there for the pizza. Strippers were nice too. But I'm Very telling nice. you, the pizza was like the best pizza. Wasn't it? Was it, it? it was the pizza. Yeah, I, I, like, I made the pizza. The cocktails, are, we had to make the you pizza. You made the pizza? Yes, that was a part of our job. It was like we had 25 to, cents a slice. Yeah, we had to, they made these big, <laughs> giant crusts, and then we'd have to like take these giant jars of sauce <laughs> and put the cheese on, and they had like that one little Why was it so oven. good? Because I made it with love. Jim. I, you I made it with have. love. Yeah. You must have. It was I amazing did. pizza. I, did. I, did. I, I don't remember waiting on you. I'm sure I did. And I told you, I had to kick Yancey Thigpen out once. Wow. The old stealer. Yes. Yeah. He pulled the old, do you know who I am on me? I'm like, yes, I do. And you're and not was, a good what, enough receiver to pull that shit. So what was he doing? <laughs> what was he doing? You remember? Is he, he was screaming just, or something? Or? No, he was just there to see, to eat pizza, I'm assuming. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you know. We got a lot of the Stealers came in there, believe it or not. Well, you know, yeah, I used to go to Anthony's place. I would, really, they go to pizza a lot. Yeah. And like once a month or so. But as you go, you start observing the whole stripper community thing. Oh, yeah. Like the people, and you know, you work there, like the clients and stuff. So you just start observing these guys. There's always a weird guy in a corner by himself mm-hmm. up at a stage giving dollars and stuff who actually believes he's going to date one of these women. Yeah. They, they are they, dating them sometimes. They, well, yeah. Well, that's if he has enough dollars. <laughs> You're my but, girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> And there's always that guy. There's, there's, it's a lot of, it's a strange little atmosphere. I can't, but how, long, how long did you work there? Um, I worked there. I was probably from a year, probably, no, years? probably two years. Probably, no, like from when I was 18 and a half till I was 20. And like, <laughs> I, I, got, I got let go when I started showing because I was pregnant with my old son. And they were like, listen, we like you a lot. You're doing great work. You're a hell of a pizza maker, but <laughs> pregnant. <laughs> I'm pregnant. Yeah, it's not so. the look we're looking right now. Yeah, yeah. So, but I made a shit ton of money. Because like, it was like the whole, it. you know, I was fully clothed the whole time. But I think people like the, you know, the the dichotomy yeah. there. You well, know, I cannot believe they let you go because the pizza probably went down. I know the pizza definitely. I mean, they closed soon thereafter. Really? 
That's Coincidence? It. I stopped going probably because of the pizza. Seriously, I'm the sure same. the pizza suffered. Did you know you have this ability to make the best pizza? <laughs> I didn't know. It's my superpower. I think so, she makes it. Can you make uh, it for uh, me? Yeah, you want me to re- I'm pizza girl. I'm going to make. You we should have an Anthony's to- pizza party. It can't be that we'll hard do to it. remake, right? Well, yeah, so, <laughs> there was a woman owned it. Her name was Vivian. And then a, the, a woman owned the cricket, Gloria. Oh, and they the would sit too, at the yeah. bar. They would sit at the bar every night and just get fucking shit faced. <laughs> like Seth Lucille would come yes. from. Hello, honey. <laughs> Guys, Bethany, can I get some pizza? Bethany's making the pizza right now, honey. She, Shake them titties, give me pizza. Did you know she's pregnant? <laughs> her days are numbered here. When she shows, we have Such to kick a shame. We have to kick her. She made a hell of a pizza. She made a great pizza. They don't want to give. They don't want to give dollars to her. She's shelling. Yeah, I'm. Sh- I'm positive. I'm, I waited on you. And I used to. I worked at the Funny <laughs> Bone too. I'm positive I did. I'm positive I did kick you out once. I'm you probably did wait on me. I'm. I'm pretty sure you did. I'm sure. But oh, you you worked at the Bones. I worked the at the Funny Bone. Bone when it was still inside of Station Square, and then I worked there. Oh yeah, I was there yeah. For the transition when they moved. Yes. Yeah. I love that room. Yeah. The, the, I, the first one. Yeah. The yeah. I miss. One. I miss those days. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. It was really fun. Do you remember me doing stand up there? I don't know. I, I was in my twenties. I don't remember a lot. Yeah. It was a blur? <laughs> was there something? You don't remember a lot. Just, just the 20s? Forget I just it. like woke up at 32 like, oh, I've made a decent wow. life for myself. This is amazing. I a strip train. It's like, yeah. what how this happened? Yeah, see, I've, I've secretly been following you, Jim. I'm still in a blur. My God. In my 50s, I'm still blurred. I'm still, <laughs> I never grew up. That's weird. Don't grow up. That's no, boring. I don't though. think I'm going to grow up. I don't want to Getting old up. is bad enough. I'm not growing up. That's not happening. It is, yeah. I mean, yeah, too busy. I'm too busy to get old. Yeah. Well, and, too busy to get old. Every week you could catch Jim, No Restrictions mm-hmm. Podcast yes. on Love the it. Pittsburgh Current Network. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you have some shows coming up? You want to plug anything coming September up? September 21st we... at the uh, Steamworks uh, in the uh, in Gibsonia. Okay. It's in September, September uh, 21st. Most of them are corporates till then. Before Thanksgiving, we're looking to do a big show. We are, yeah. With, so yeah, we're going to do the Pittsburgh Current newspaper. We're do yes, big, I believe it's going to be, I'll preview it here. Why not? Mm-hmm. Because it's my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. That's right. I think it's going to be a Yinzer holiday card extravaganza. So it's going to have comedy, music. It's going to be awesome. So details will be forthcoming. But basically just block off November. Before Thanksgiving. Until I can get a date, yeah. Uh, that's my new thing now is uh, I'm getting into singing. Uh, the impressions. Oh, okay. So we're going to have a full band. Yeah. And we're going to do some singing impressions. I'll do a couple songs in my own voice. but Yeah. I think we'll have some guests. Have a guest, yeah. We'll be one guest at least to, to interview and talk, uh, you know. Could that, could Scott have, Blazy, say for instance, we're yeah, talking to him, maybe Scott guess, come but, up. Uh, Joe Grishecki or whoever, say, mm-hmm. uh, have them play a, their favorite song and mm-hmm. favorite song they wish they wrote. Okay. Well, Donnie like Iris will play a Donnie Iris song. Donnie Iris kills. <laughs> you cannot cool. do your own song at a lip sync battle, still, Donnie. I'm still, still bitter. I'm still bitter. <laughs> you, got the, you got next year now. <laughs> I got next year. What I'm going to pick gonna, next year. Yeah. I think you should go share. I think you, you think I should do share? I don't know. You did it last night a little bit and I thought it was good. Yeah. So oh, I turned back time. I did do that. You did turn back time. I don't know. You have to think about it though. Yeah. I'm not sure what I'm I got a year. I yeah. Jim, Jim had a celebrity lip sync battle, yes. of which he was kind enough to invite me to. I'm by no means a celebrity, but in a benefit of the Animal Friends, yeah, which is great. His, his big, his you, big... Were, you were fantastic, though. Thank you. I was, I was Janice. You did Janice's job. I, 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 I shot up right before I came on stage. I was, yeah. I was you, took it, you took it all. You went that full stage. Well, because nobody nice. knew who the hell I was. I had to bring it. If I would just went, I mean, it would have been embarrassing. Yes. You know, if, if I would have gone up there and people just would have been like, and they just screamed and went crazy. That's you, right. You came in probably third. Jerome Bettis' brother, John, got a second paddle to give me two tens. I mean. How about that? <sighs> Drop the mic. Walk Forget stage. about it. Two so tens. I'm a really good lip syncer. You are amazing. Yeah. 
You found your colleagues. <laughs> oh my god. Professional lips. Bethany Rue. Professional Maybe we lip can coax her lip sync tomorrow at the party. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Will I lip sync tomorrow at the party? Probably. Maybe. Yes. We'll coax you up. I'm also we'll famous coach. for going to see live bands and getting drunk and like somehow wiggling my way on stage to sing with them. So that's happen. probably going to happen. That'll happen at the, mar- uh, the party. We'll all do it. Yeah, we'll all well, do that. Everybody should do it. Yes. Not everybody that's attending, but you should attend. But don't get drunk and rush the stage. <laughs> no, no, no. don't do that. Uh-uh. Well, this has been a blast. Thank, Thank you, you for getting your hungover ass up. <laughs> and, and for you, making, anytime. You making know that. your way down here. Thanks, um, yeah, guys, like I said, make sure you're checking out the No Restrictions podcast. This, this one coming up Monday is going to be amazing. <laughs> live, our first live taping. It's a whole different ball of wax. You guys are going to love it. Make sure you're coming to the best year ever tomorrow night, 7.30, Flashlight Factory. And then make sure you're supporting Deutschtown and local musicians the whole rest of the weekend. There's a bunch of stuff going on. And uh, I think that's it. We good? Yeah. How did you end your show at DV? Like how, what, what, was your, do, what do you have, like oh, sign no off? Special, yeah, no, no special. Yeah, salute. <laughs> I'm kidding. <A> salute. <laughs> yeah, let's do a sal- the Bethany salute. We'll call it. <laughs> Beth- yeah, we need to extend it for you. <laughs> All right. Like Fireball this. Shot. Do this. Do this and this. This, this and this. Yeah, this and this is our. It's, got, it's our new right? one. That's we got to close the show every time. It. You got to close the show. All right, I'm gonna do it. Charlie goes back. You want what? Charlie's like, what do you do? All right, guys, this is gonna be my new sign off. Ready? Until we see you again, which will hopefully be tomorrow night. This is Pittsburgh Crown a better alternative Giving Pittsburgh A better alternative This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.